thought leaders, storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. So a more than 400-page report has been compiled in Cape Town called the Incatello Conversations. It was commissioned by the City of Cape Town in 2020 and it's now been released into the life as a homeless person in Cape Town. It has been released, but it will become available by the 30th of November. We thought we would like to take a look at what were some of the outcomes of that particular report, given that the issue of homelessness is something growing increasingly fast, not just in Cape Town and the Western Cape, but around the country as well. On the line is Lorenzo David, CEO of the Development Impact Fund. Lorenzo, always good to talk to you. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Michelle. It's good to be with you again. Lorenzo, let's just start. What is the Incatello Conversations? In um, in 2020, uh, during lockdown, we, we conceptualized a concept called the Incatello Conversations, which really is a Iskosa word meaning to, to, to care, to speak with concern and care and, and empathy with another person going through a hard time. Mm. And it was a series of dialogues we hosted in Cape Town uh, with with vulnerable communities, and in this particular instance, it was with uh, with homeless people. So it was a series of conversations that that uh, was conducted in a way that brought people in instead of you know uh, spoke about them without them. Yes, Lorenzo. Before we even go into some of the outcomes of the reports, I'd kind of like to pull out a little on this story. You talk about the fact that it was started last year. I mean, obviously during the COVID lockdown. And I would ask, in alignment with the travels that I know you have done around the country, or certainly around the Western and Eastern Cape, have we seen an increase in the numbers of people who are homeless, both in the cities but also in the peri-urban and rural areas? There's no doubt that that we are seeing increases happening all over. Uh, obviously, occasioned, uh, you know, very visibly by the pandemic itself. But also the the increasing collapse of social and other infrastructures are adding to um, the sort of migration of people from what was uh, you know their traditional safe spaces onto the streets or onto uh, yeah. places where other similar people are being uh, are locating themselves. So people are leaving farms, people are leaving townships, people are leaving uh, you know uh, sort of peri-urban communities to go to places where they can have easy access to food or money or other support. But what I find uh, interesting, Michelle, is that they're looking for people who are on similar journeys to to them. Mm. It's a fascinating thought. I spoke to a woman in Dalville that was part of the homeless community, and she left her home because she felt alone with her mental and financial struggles and came to this homeless community and and made that her place of where she engages because it provide, provided her with mental security. You know, as you say that, I'm just suddenly struck by the idea of the term homeless community. I mean, it's almost like a contradiction in terms, but it's not, yeah. which is exactly what you're suggesting, is that someone could choose to leave being alone to be homeless so that they are part of a community. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That is probably such a profound insight because we add the term, the prefix homeless. That's our view. That's how we view it. 
uh, we should probably just talk about a community. Yeah. Um, and because that's how they see themselves. I, I, I was served a meal there. I was, there was a man running a small takeaway that he was selling to the rest of the residents in that community. There was a childcare facility there uh, in, in, one of the, in one of the sort of abodes that they designed. So, so no, it had all the functional designs of the community, not like I may consider it to be functional, but it had functionality for them. Yeah. But, but I, I want to emphasize this issue of mental well-being in that community. The extent of trauma has not been researched well enough because it's such a contributing factor to yeah. why people are there. Well, I, I mean, I think that, that that is something that we I want to just put a pin into and just maybe carry it over because I wanted to ask you about what you felt. It's a 400-page report, so yeah. there would obviously be some high-level headlines that come out of it. Yeah. And I'm wondering if um, something like mental health uh, is part of that summary. Yeah, we, 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 we sort of comment on it very briefly. It, it really needed a very separate report and a hmm. very separate uh, uh, research to yeah. be done with it, uh, on it, uh, which we are busy uh, compiling now. Uh, it is one of the spin-offs of the sort of primary research into the policy issues that we discovered how severe mental health uh, was in this particular context. I, I think, um, you know, as you said, the 437-page report took us just over a year to do uh, but we're very happy that we've highlighted, uh, you know, the kind of key issues that, that should be addressed in both policy and strategy when it comes to government uh, efforts. What were some of the things that came out? I mean, I'm, I'm looking through the list and certain, yeah. uh, I mean, there's some fasc- I mean, fascinating things. I mean, and obvious things as well. I mean, safe and secure storage spaces for yeah. people to store their personal belongings. Yeah. Um, the yeah. cost of applying for identity documents which have been confiscated by law enforcement should yeah. not have to be borne by homeless people. I mean, these are yeah. very, very practical approaches and and. and almost um, more, more operational than systemic. Yeah. You know, the, the, the challenges that people have is like, for example, when they encounter law enforcement hmm. or private security companies, it's common practice and common, a common understanding in the community that they, some form of identity, whether it's a card or a booklet, will be removed from them. It is constantly done. Out of the evidence that we heard at the public conversations, at the interviews, yeah. uh, something like 97% of the people have had their identity documents removed from them or destroyed. Now, it's flatly denied by law enforcement or private security companies that they do that. But all these people sit without identity documents. And, and they, mm. they can point to individual officers who've removed this from them when they go to have it uh, asked for it from the city or go to a law enforcement office to ask for it back, it's told it cannot be found. They must then pay for the replacement thereof. Yeah, yeah. And, and then they can't get a job and they can't go vote and they are disenfranchised so, by, by simple brutality that comes down to. Yeah, so so in fact it's, it's, um, it's, it's cutting away at access and agency even further. So you, you have yeah. nothing, and because you have nothing, you have even less, which is Absolutely. just... It, it. So what is um, the city, because, you know, I, I look at this, and we also know that the, the Cape Town city has just changed their bylaws, and there's been some huge uh, 
conversation and debate about this, particularly on social media, but in other spaces as mm. well. What does this mean uh, in terms of how the city is approaching this document? Well, well, we hope that they will pause and uh, you know ask for a presentation on this report from us and incorporate, obviously, some of the recommendations. Uh, initially, this report was going to inform that policy of development process of the cities, but, but we were not going to be rushed with its content. We were very particular that this needed a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, you know, we had people uh, writing for us, uh, interviewing for us, uh, compiling, editing this report, and we couldn't be rushed simply because the city wanted the policy out by a certain date, and we told them. Uh, we gave them, in fact, an interim report that already informed some of their policy directions, uh, and we hope now that they will stop and consider this report because mm-hmm. it is, uh, from what we understand, quite a landmark study in, in terms of uh, homelessness in the country, one of the first of this kind that is highly based on the inputs of homeless people um, and, and interviews done with them. You know, uh, so, so, yeah, this, they got to pause and, and really get this. Lorenzo, I, I always like look at these things and go, well, maybe there's there's something here. I mean, one of the, um, the, 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 the things to come out in the summary is this idea of free and adequate ablution facilities, um, mm. access to showers, waste facilities, etc. And I remember um, a good while back when I was in San Francisco, who have a huge homelessness problem, actually, and also a lot of it linked, as as you mentioned, to to mental health as well. And there were some incredibly innovative projects that were coming up. I mean, ablution um, facilities on wheels that could be wheeled around the city. And I start to think, is this not something that that one could start to say, okay, how does one deal with this? But in different ways and maybe surprising ways as well. Yeah. You know, the, the innovations are, are abundant. Uh, we've looked at models in Scandinavia, in you know the, the north of, of Europe. We've looked at the U.S. models. We've looked at Los Angeles, Skidro in yeah. Los Angeles. We've, we've yeah. looked at you know, South America. There are, are such innovative ways. I've sent some of those ideas to the city prior to the conclusion of the support already. Yeah. And, and what I find problematic in our design is that we all this country, and because of our past, we lead with a law enforcement approach and not a social innovation approach. Huh. So everything we do is from law enforcement. Oh, we've got to keep the streets clean. Oh, we've got to you know, make sure they don't sit on the lawns and you know, they don't loiter on the pavements. Well, uh, that, those are consequences of something bigger. You've got to yeah. go in with social innovation. So like you say, uh, you know, portable moving toilets. Uh, fold up beds that you can roll out or, or, you know, pay 10 cents for a night and roll out a bed for yourself. Yeah, sleeping bags that become bags, a rucksack. Exactly. There are so many things that can be done. Mm. Every time you encounter uh, any any sphere of government, it's always this law law enforcement. I I have said to the city that, uh, you know, if you continue to lead with law enforcement, as as the approach has been the last 10 years, so look at the data and see that your approach has led to more and more people coming onto the streets. It's not solved. So why are you persisting with a law enforcement approach? So we have a question from one of our listeners saying, if, if a homeless person's ID is taken away, how can they ever be reunited with their ID? What are the chances? It's, it's, it's probably um, close to zero. Uh, we've not seen a homeless person tell us in the interviews that they... The ID has been removed, and later when they went 
to the municipal office uh, that it's been returned to them. It's not. Uh, we've, we've interviewed hundreds of homeless people and we've not had a case of anybody telling us it's been returned to them. Lorenzo, what's um, the way forward? The, the ultimate way forward right now is that uh, one of the big concerns we've identified is that there is no comprehensive oversight body that deals with homelessness in this country. It's up to city councils. It's up to individual provinces to decide how they should solve this problem. DSD nationally, whom I have written to and asked the Minister for Clarity on, has not given us any indication that they are setting policy on these matters or are providing oversight on strategy and implementation ideas on this issue. They've been silent on it. I've asked Parliament's questions office for uh, the questions that were raised on this issue in Parliament. I got a whole stack of them back from the questions office in Parliament. The, the issue is DSD nationally yeah. should set the tone, not a local law enforcement office in a city or in a municipality somewhere. Uh, then it becomes a free-for-all, and quite frankly, it is a monster that we unleashing because every little municipality, district municipality, metropolitan council is going to decide their own policy, and that we cannot afford. Lorenzo, comprehensive I, I, oversight. I, I, I'm just when you talk about comprehensive oversight, I mean we're talking about that with regards to the public sector, but I'm just thinking about civil society, the third sector, and thinking of people like Raymond Perrier in KwaZulu Natal mm. and the work that he's mm. doing mm. around issues of homelessness. Do we have an overarching um, organisation that talks to all the provincial organisations or civil society organisations around the country? In, in many ways, it's anecdotal, it's not formal. Okay. There are emerging networks, yes. uh, both in Pretoria with Dr. Stefan de Beer yes, and yeah. others, uh, you know, that, that are calling uh, sort of homeless agencies together or social agencies together to, to begin to set standards of practice and ideas around innovative uh, solutions. Yeah. But, but it's nothing formalized at this stage. And we need to move to uh, a formalized, engagement, not necessarily a formalized practice, because again, it will change, it will vary from region to region and need to need, but it needs to be some kind of formalized policy oversight yeah. in terms of what constitutes a, a decent human, human rights intervention that protects vulnerable people. So we've got a couple of people uh, sending um Sending stuff through, so all of them wanting to know what happens. Uh, how do they find out more about this report? So, the Incatalo uh, Conversations.co.za is the website. Yeah. Will the report be on that website? Um, it, it will be on the website as of tomorrow morning. As of tomorrow morning, fantastic, yeah. Lorenzo. Always good to talk to you, and uh, you, a really interesting conversation. Thank you, Lorenzo David, CEO of the Development Impact Fund, and as he says. In CatalloConversations.co.za, get onto the website tomorrow morning and you will be able to find that report. It's called the TIC, the In Catalo Conversations report. It certainly raises some very, very interesting questions as well. It's 747.